This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. All right, when we look at Taylor Heineke's day, how do you evaluate his ability to execute uh, amidst some of the problems that we described? And ultimately, how was he able to pull through those final two drives? What changed uh, to be able to become so effective? The entire offense, really, uh, where they had run just 40 plays uh, previously. And let's see, 9 plus 12, 21 plays in those, those last yeah. two drives. That is the extent to which we do math on this podcast. <laughs> um, I will, okay, so I will say even even though it looked like Taylor struggled in the first half, I thought he did some nice stuff in terms of understanding where the football needs to go. They're playing a lot of cover three. The ball needs to go to the back. You see explosive plays to Gibson early on. Yeah. And then obviously the explosive play to Terry's versus man. And under, like they get an empty. It's a really nice play design by Scott. They get to empty. He sees it's man. You pick your best matchup. I like Terry versus the nickel. He does too. Ends up being a huge play, right? And then on the touchdown, they play cover three. Shaquille Leonard gets a little – you can tell he hasn't played football in a while. He's a little tight to the number two in terms of carry. Gibson's open to the flat. Great job. Great job, Scott. Great job, Taylor, right? Um, So all good stuff. And then I will say as they got into the second half a little bit, second half, early in the second half, um, the thing that stuck out to me is there was a little bit more pressure on third down and it was getting home a little bit better. And you could tell that they had really talked about Taylor to Taylor about not making bad plays, if that makes sense. Like he's he's being very conservative and and the Colts deserve a ton of credit. Everyone's blanketed. Right. There's nowhere to go with the football. And so, again, that's tough. That's tough sled. And then when you get to the the last couple of drives, that dynamic changes, you can tell they're like, all right, Taylor, let's go. Taylor's scrambling a little bit more. The off schedule stuff really just breaks the Colts' brain. You know what I mean? It just like yeah. they they can't match up for as long as he's running around. He did a great job of extending plays, finding guys. And, you know, on the Terry touchdown, the offensive line deserves a ton of credit because Taylor doesn't actually leave the pocket. I know it feels like he's kind of running around back there, but when you watch the L22, his feet are literally staggered there. He's looking. He actually all- talked about that. He's like, I went to go run around and realized there was no pass rush. So <laughs> kept looking. Yeah, and he just kept looking. And then everyone's like, oh, he looked at Terry right away. He's like, no, he did not. He looked at everybody and then was like, oh, there's Terry. Launch, yeah. right? So I think that was a big part of it is as they were ex- able to extend the drive, the pass rush for the Colts got really, really t- tired. Norwell actually does a great job on that play. He's to the slide. I know we're talking about a specific play now. He's to the slide. The guy beats Leno. Um, the edge rusher beats Leno on an inside move, and Norwell's there to like knock him right in the teeth, and everything's just really clean for him. Again, that's fatigue. That's guys doing what they're supposed to do. But all that stems off of Taylor being able to kind of manufacture offense. 
the like the concepts were there in some cases. Obviously, there's the throw to um, Cam Sims. There's the throw to Terry mm-hmm. over the middle. Um, there's the throw to um, Curtis on the uh, corner route versus man-to-man coverage on the fourth and six. That's all concept driven. That's good job, Scott Turner. Good job, receivers, understanding what's going on. And then there's the you know flip to McKissick on first and ten that gets you to a uh, second and four, and Taylor's able to scramble for the next first down. Right. So again, just a little bit looser Taylor, a little bit of off schedule stuff. I think Scott kind of had a good beat on what they were trying to do to stop them from a coverage standpoint and was able to call stuff to put Taylor in a good spot. And then making sure that the concepts had answers versus a different coverage is really what was different, right? And again, in that type of situation, specific end of game situation, defenses become very, very regulated. And that's what you saw there. And so it's it's kind of, obviously it's multifactorial, but Taylor making plays off schedule, Scott kind of getting a beat on what the defense was trying to do. And then dudes making plays is really what it comes down to. Terry, Cam, Curtis, Everybody really made plays on that drive. Even Gibson on the second drive with the two catches early to get him started. He makes yeah. a tough catch on that first kind of choice right off the linebacker, physical catch. Love to see that. So everyone was a part of that. Outside, Even Armani Rodgers makes a play, you know, on the screen yeah. pass. It ends up being a nice 13-yard gain. So they, I think Scott found a rhythm because he knew what they were doing. Taylor's making plays. Dude started making plays. And I, you can tell they kind of loosened the reins a little bit and said, we got to have it. Let's see what we got. And that's the result. Yeah, and I guess that would be my big thing moving forward is, and we talked about this on the radio on Monday, like they're going to have to loosen the reins a little bit against teams like Minnesota and certainly against Philadelphia, teams that are scoring a lot more. Because what we're running into here is the fundamental butting of uh, heads between production and process, right? Right. We like a lot of the process. A lot of this is like, yeah, oh, if they had just executed a little bit better. But some of this, they could they could take it away from this, this tightrope walk. Mm. If they were a little bit more aggressive, if they, you know, they're, they wouldn't make it. So one play kills them. If they, they push the ball down the field a little bit more, if they took some of the reins off of Taylor, let him run around a little bit. Um, if they were a bit more aggressive in their play calling, then perhaps if on a, even on a day where you're facing the Colts, like you're pushing 24, 30 points, as opposed to scraping by two final drives to get to 17. And the game is a little bit like you're okay with a quicker three and out. And, you know, sometimes that happens, but you also trust your defense. It's giving up basically two touchdowns a game the last four games uh, where they've, they've had this winning streak. So I, I do think when you think about the complimentary football and where this team can go and with Taylor at the helm for at least the next two weeks, like I, I'd hope that these last two drives show them what they're capable of. And that there's one, I do think tempo is an interesting factor mm-hmm. as well. And obviously you're not going to get the same response outside of the two or four minute offense as you would uh, the rest of the game. So everyone that always is like, well, just go tempo. Yeah, you can do that a little bit and create some of those responses, but defenses are not going to be quite as simplistic, quite as uh, conservative and, and passive as they are when they're trying to hold on to a lead at the end of a game. Um, but also I do think it shows that Taylor can handle a little bit more. And with the defense playing like they are, your margin of error maybe isn't quite as small as you thought it was. And that, yeah. that that leads to better production as opposed to looking back at a game, grading out the process decently well and wondering why they only scored 17 points and seven through the first three and a half quarters. Yeah, I think you articulated that really nicely. I don't really have a ton to add there. I think that's um, why they pay me some bucks. Yeah, I just I think they're they need to figure out this conservative versus aggressive game style. And you said something there that I'd like to just double click on real quick. And what it is, is, you know, 
you know, passing for a three and out and running for a three and out are essentially the same thing. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. time wise, they're different. They sh- one shortens the game, one extends the game, whatever. But in terms of defense and what it's the impact on the defense, it's about the same, you know. And so I think that that's something that I would like to see. And again, Scott, it's not like Scott did a bad job of this. They just had a couple mm-hmm. plays that didn't hit. And obviously that stymie drives. This offense can't overcome that kind of thing like we mentioned before. But they just, got a bunch. I mean, they were two of 12 on third down. Yeah. And both third down conversions were three and one. And yeah. Or third and one. And it's because they were in a ton of horrible situations. on. Th- right. It's not like they missed a bunch of third and fours. It's like, yeah. oh, they're in third and 14 again. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, and again, the Colts deserve a lot of credit. They were able to create a ton of pressure. Like right out of halftime, I mean, there was three three third downs in a row where they're getting a lot of pressure and there's nowhere to go with the ball. So they get they deserve a ton of credit. But mm-hmm. and, and they they kind of changed their approach a little bit. They kind of got away from the cover three, and it took Scott and Taylor a minute to figure it out. And I think that's appropriate. Um, gosh, for something else you said in there that I think was really good. Passing uh, and running third down or three and outs. Being yeah, more aggressive. It'll come to me. But yeah, so I, I think that that's something you'd like to see. Is just where do they fit? in uh in terms of aggression and kind of being more chill because yeah like ultimately that's the thing that's going to change your outcome moving forward it's you know everyone talks about the defense and they are playing well but against it like look at so philadelphia is a really good example of this everyone says oh wow philly's offense is awesome philly's offense is awesome but they only score between like 24 and 28 points on average a game usually right it's the defense that's been very decisively in their favor over the last couple of weeks. Obviously they scored 35 or 34 against Pittsburgh, but traditionally it's not like, Oh wow, look at that score from Philadelphia. It's not like you're watching the new England Patriots just Randy Moss. It's a different dynamic. It's a defensive, the defense there plays a huge part in what they're doing. And so I think that's another thing I look at is like, you don't need to, to, to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. You don't need to score 5,000 points. You need to score 28 points, and your defense needs to play a solid game. And if you look at the first game, Philly only scored 24 points against this defense, which is crazy to think about. So where is that tipping point where you get the offense cooking a little bit more, they can execute a better against a better defense and, stay, and sustain drives and make plays, find those chunk plays? I think that's something, again, that I'm I, – and, and Taylor's new, so it's like finding the relationship here for Scott is going to be very challenging. Like he is, but he isn't though. And this is this is. Kind I, of I guess what, I guess what I mean by that is like he's new. He's new as the starter this season. So right. No, totally. What, yeah. Like, what you is know the, what he is, yeah, yeah. and and I hope that they rely like it, this guy started started 15 games for you last year, and he, you've kept him around and given him a contract and everything for a reason. Yeah. And there's a reason he wasn't your starter, but you don't have to treat him with complete kid gloves. And I yeah. think he's had enough experience at this point to understand some of the stuff that he can't do. I don't expect Taylor like. If he were to start the rest of the season, is he going to have an A3 turnover game? Maybe. But is he going to have six of them? No. And I think that was the fear at times last year. Yeah. And, like, you got to you gotta know that he's going to give up one at some point, and hopefully it's not in the kind of situation that he kind of got away with against Indianapolis. Right. Um, but – Oh, this, this, gotta, this, this is what I was thinking about. So you mentioned tempo, right? Yeah. And I think there's yes. times where this offense is so deliberate. And you don't need to be in two minutes, but you can be a little bit – quicker with stuff this maybe we're not subbing this series we're just going to call the plays kind of get to the line of scrimmage a little bit quicker five seconds a little, little action yeah right it is in the, you can huddle up but just say hey we're going to get this play executed with 15 seconds on the play clock as opposed to five and that uh, it does stuff to the defense psychologically in terms of applying pressure so i i think taylor actually does really well in this a lot of quarterbacks do because the defensive coordinator can't get the perfect call out all the time. So they end up going to default 
calls. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. let's, oh, uh, Tampa 2. Oh, Tampa 2. Yeah. Like that's a lot of people's default call. And so you can regulate a team by doing that. It doesn't need to be, sometimes we, you know, me and you, we talk about, oh, formations and personnels and cadence. And sometimes it's just moving a little bit quicker to regulate what the defense does. And so I think that's something else that I, it doesn't need to be two minute, but it also doesn't need to right. be 1970s you know, get the perfect, or, or even, even a more prescient example, like the, uh, the San Francisco 49ers in 2014, right. Where they, they get to the line of scrimmage. They have a thousand checks. They're actually, they're calling that play with one second left on the clock and they're running the ball. You know what I'm saying? It, it can be a little bit more up-tempo to put the defensive coordinator and the defensive play caller or the defensive green dot in a bind. And I think that's, again, I think that's a, a nice tool that they could utilize. So the other thing tempo does too, from, an offensive player's perspective is it takes the thinking out of it on some level. Like you're not worried about a million checks. You're just like, you get into kind of a flow state, or at least that's the goal. You get in a flow state and you start playing. And like, that's when guys are at their best. If if you're out there thinking a bunch, you're not playing, you're thinking you want to play, not think and getting guys out there. And like where, where the thinking parts, because like, obviously it's not like the mental side of the game disappears, but becomes much more instinctual. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully you've got good football players where that's that's a positive thing. When you have the talents of a Curtis Samuel, the talents of a Terry McLaurin, and a guy who's so instinctual and, and great as a playmaker like Taylor at quarterback, yeah. um, that would seem like a positive thing uh, for sure.